Hello, hello. Welcome to our second listener episode. We're so fucking excited. So fucking excited. Much better audio quality on this one. So yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Apologies for last time. But before we get into that, how are you? What's going on? I am lovely. I watched Night Stalker. <gasps> yes. Which I know you did too because we were texting a little bit during because we just couldn't contain ourselves. Obsessed. And it was so fucking good. It was so good. If you haven't seen it, drop everything and watch it. And here's here's a thing that there were so many things I loved about it. But one of the main things I loved was how the main focus was on the detectives who worked the case and the victims, not on the perpetrator. And you hear it a lot on other, you know, I listen to a lot of other true crime podcasts and you hear it a lot of like, oh, so-and-so's my favorite serial killer. And I find that so fucking gross. Look yes. at your life. Look at your fucking choices. You're like and fetishizing it. It's fucking weird. Exactly. And I really feel that both the movie and the documentary that Netflix put out about Ted Bundy a, a year or two ago yeah. really like romanticized him. It's For like sure. this person's a fucking monster. Yes. And there's a and they left out a lot of like really fucked up shit he did. And then they just like focus on the like He's so handsome or whatever. And that's a thing with Richard Ramirez. Something you heard about a lot was that he was like a rock star. He was like a rock star. Fuck you. He was a piece of shit. He was a pedophile. He was a rapist. And he was a fucking murderer. And he was a fucking loser. Yeah. So I don't need to watch four hours of like me being told like, you know, he was a bad boy and rebel. Fuck you. No. I was so here for all of Night Stalker. It was so well done. I am completely obsessed with Gil Carrillo. He's amazing. He's what a fucking amazing. badass. What a bamf. What a badass. <sighs> and there's something he says in the first episode that so endeared me to him. When he talks about, you know, he's, from what I understand, he's first generation American of Mexican descent. I believe that's the case. I believe that's yes. the case. He's definitely a Mexican background, whether he was born there or his first generation. But, you know, super poor. And then he's climbing up the ranks of being a cop. And then they invite him out to an Italian restaurant. And he's like, I've never been in an Italian restaurant. I don't know what any of this is. It's just like a shot in the dark that I'm just, you know. He like orders chicken parmesan. He's like, I've never even heard of that. And I'm like, how do you, like, haven't heard of chicken parmesan? Yeah. And it's that thing. It's so endeared me to him because my mom, when she came to this country with her family, she came in 1966. And, you know, my grandparents had their two kids. And then because communism's fucking terrible, don't let anyone else tell you otherwise, they also were sent three of their nephews and nieces in addition to their two kids because their relatives were like, I would rather send my kid to another country and maybe never see them again and get them out of here than keep them here with me, which can you fucking imagine? I actually got like a little bit of a chill there when you said that because the thought of that is just devastating, honestly. Yeah. Exactly. And so my grandparents were raising five kids. Holy fuck. Three of whom were not theirs. And it was like... Taylor's oldest time. Yeah. Taylor's oldest time. They're like, you do it. It's your family. And Taylor's oldest time. You know, my grandfather made really good money in Cuba before everything happened. And then he came here and I was like, figure your fucking life out. You don't get, you don't have the luxury of being like, well, this is beneath me. Yeah. I have seven fucking people to feed. So if I have to wash fucking dishes at the Fontainebleau in addition to my other day job, then that's what the fuck I have to do. Yeah. So because of that, they didn't have money. 
And it wasn't, you know, this is 1966. There's no fucking Google. So what you ate is what was at home. Like, my grandmother didn't know how to make, like, Chinese food. No, no. So my mom, basically for, like, 20-some years of her life, only ate Cuban food. Holy shit. To the point that she hates Cuban food now. She hates eating it because she's never... She went 20-some years of her life only eating that. And then when she would scrounge up enough money... Going to McDonald's was like this huge luxury of like, oh my God, I get to eat something that's not Cuban food and it's so delicious and it's like pennies. So it was the first time that I've heard another experience like that. And it just so endeared me to it. Like, oh, I I I understand. I get it. And oh, it's so good. Like if you haven't seen it, you have to. It's so good. Yeah, it was really good. The thing that really got me kind of back on the like fetishizing the serial killers was after they arrested him, like the girls flashing him yeah. as he went by in the cop car and gilding like, that's for you. That's not for me. Like, yes, that blew my fucking mind. Like this was the guy that literally fucking chased, chased down in the, in the street and was like, that's the fucking killer. Get that motherfucker. Like, don't let him go. Like he is terrorizing this fucking yeah. town. It wasn't the cops who got him. It was the people who were like, yo, that's the fucking murderer. The cops, this is the guy who's yes. been terrorizing us. The cops saved him from the mob, yes. basically. Like they were ready to fucking kill him in the streets, which I don't would not have blamed them which for, honestly. Which is the most amazing, badass oh, fucking story my- Fucking favorite, like, serial killer takedown of all time. Like, it's so good. It's so fucking good. There is no way, there's no story that's better than that. No. I don't think I realized how important the shoe was for the whole investigation. That blew my mind. And the fact that they went through all of the records so intensely. And it was just one. I didn't know that it was only one black shoe in LA. I think it was called. Was only one insane the shit that killed me about the shoe as well is that the fucking reporters were like hey so <gasps> we totally found out that it's the shoe and we're gonna drop it on like the six o'clock news that pissed me off so fucking i was like Fuck right so he you. can fucking dispose of those shoes and now we have absolutely no clue how to because get he has no mo he attacks whoever the fuck he wants how he attacks them he, it doesn't matter he just does whatever the fuck he wants he just wants chaos yes and the one thing they have they're like fuck you we're gonna put it we're on gonna the say, news just because like i have this exclusive scoop Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Are, like, I couldn't believe that, that they would jeopardize this entire investigation. That, for all you know, can affect you. Like, this person can come to your fucking house or your grandmother's house or whatever because he literally didn't give a fuck. Yes. If you were just in his way, he'd be like, sure, that looks like a great house. Let's try it out. And just be like, I have this critical piece of intel and evidence from this fucking investigation and I'm gonna blow up your fucking spot so I can get a scoop? Fuck you. I was so angry. Me too. How could you do that? It was visceral. Before they even explained the reason why too in the documentary, I was like, are you fuck? I was like screaming at the TV by myself. Like, so what? He can throw away the shoes and then you can just never find him again? Great. Cool. So it could be like another fucking Golden State Killer that's 50 fucking years? Yeah. Fuck you. No, it's fucking so infuriating. So infuriating. The other thing that really stood out to me, which obviously this was slightly after DNA started becoming a thing, but obviously was not super popular at the time. So the fact that he's just like drinking drinks, he's leaving his fucking DNA everywhere. And all we have is the shoe. And the craziest shit, which I don't believe they mentioned in the documentary, 
So in the documentary, they show pictures of his teeth, which are like oh, are horrible. jacked. They're are jacked, terrifying. They look like men's teeth. They're horrifying. Yeah, it was. He did tons of drugs, and he basically only ate candy and soda, and never Ugh. brushed his teeth. Ugh. And he had raging halitosis. That was another reason why people were. Can you imagine being as if being raped and terrorized isn't terrible enough that you have this dude with fucking halitosis, like awful fucking Ugh. breath in your face the whole time? Oh God, no. So his lawyers were like. There's no way this dude's going to get a fair trial with those teeth because he looks insane. So the fucking city of LA paid what? for new teeth for him, for his trial. They did not say that. In uh-uh. the fucking Yeah. So that's why when people were like, oh my God, he's like a rock star. Ugh. He had like full, like brand new teeth that were like, however the fuck much that this city had paid for. And the thing that killed me too, how did they allow this motherfucker to roll into the fucking courtroom with aviators on? Right? Are you kidding me? That seems, yeah, that does not seem like it should be allowed in like, any way, shape, or form. Like, take off your fucking sunglasses. You're not in the fucking poker championships. Exactly. Yeah. You're indoors. Show some fucking respect, which you clearly have none because you're a rapist, murdering, child molesting piece of shit. Fuck you. Yes. Take off your goddamn sunglasses and look me in the fucking eye. Trash human. Trash. But the documentary was so, so well, well done. done. Very, like, artsy, too, kind yes. of. Like, the style of it, I thought was very... And I think they did a really good job with that of showing you the scope of his crimes. Yeah, and the thing that I, I saw on social that a lot of people brought up that they didn't realize the child rapes and the pedophilia of his crimes. Because they didn't convict him for it because they didn't want right. to traumatize. Oh, that little girl. Oh my God. Which obviously she's not a little girl anymore. Oh. Gil talking about how he like got choked up when she was like, if I need to go in the stand to put him away so he doesn't do this to anybody else, like I'll do it. And she was like six years old. I, I just got chills just I, hearing you say that. Like, oh my God. It was so, it was so emotional. It was so great though. Such a good So great. And and then how they were like, do you want to put this little girl through this shit again? No. Like, no. Yeah. Um, the director's name is Tiller Russell. And Tiller, you fucking nailed, nailed it. it. Holy shit. It was incredible. Really, was incredible. really well done. Can't I was riveted. I watched, I binged all four episodes immediately. Oh, same. Yeah. And it's funny because now that since it's known that I, I have this podcast, <laughs> then it's my phone blowing up hey, from my muggle friends really being like, I'm watching Night Stalker. <laughs> And I'm like, this is all the shit they left out. (laughs) P.S. Yes, yes. Uh, It was one of those, at first, I was surprised they didn't go into his background, really. But then I was relieved, honestly. I was like, you know what? I know the story. And it's one of those things, like, if you're actually curious... You can Google it. Spend five minutes, like, on Wikipedia. You'll know exactly what the fuck happened. Yeah, and they get into it a little bit. He didn't have a great shot at being a a stable person. Yeah. Last podcast does a great series on him where they get into, like, the nitty-gritty awfulness of his cousin... Uh, who is a big fucking piece of shit as well. Like, I, mean, I don't want to say a bigger piece of shit, but like... It's kind of a toss-up. Yeah, it's... Mm. Because they don't really get into this, but... So he served in Vietnam, and he when he came back, he bragged to Richard, who was his younger cousin, about all the war crimes he committed, including like raping, raping and murdering locals. And he had like pictures and shit that he showed him And too. he had pictures of the women that he like post-decapitation, like after yeah, he raped them. Like and mutilated like, and stuff. It was, yeah. And would show him be like, <laughs> look at this, <laughs> Vietnam, this amazing. Cool? Yeah. And then he eventually killed his wife and himself in front of Richard. Yes. So he probably wasn't going to be the most well-adjusted dude. Does that justify any of this shit? No, Absolutely it doesn't. Not. He's a piece of shit. 
but they didn't really get into it because everyone else gets into it. Yeah. And everyone... I was glad they didn't. You're right. I'm glad they focused on the solving of the crime and the detectives behind it who really yeah. like put in all the legwork. And the people affected. Yes. You know, the like the woman talking about her grandmother. Oh, yeah. And saying like when on the news, like that's my grandmother that they're fucking talking about. Like, yeah. To just describe little... her as like a 60 year old grandmother or something. It's like, she it's was, like she so, was much so much that. more than that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But very well done. I really, so well really done. enjoyed it. And from what I understand, Tiller Russell also does non-documentary films. Oh, what else has he And he has one coming out. Oh, shit. About another true crime thing, but it's Uh, the dramatized. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm here for this. Same. So I'm really, and it's about this guy who on the dark web basically started like an illegal like drug pharmacy on the dark web. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's fascinating. For legal prescription drugs that just people didn't have prescriptions for, or for actually illegal drugs? I think both. Because I've heard the dark web is good for that. Silk Road is the movie that's coming out, and it's coming out this year, that Tilla Russell also directed. And the plot on IMDb is philosophical 20-something Ross Ulbricht creates Silk Road, a darknet website that sells narcotics, while DEA agent Rick Bowden goes undercover to bring him down. And this that is sounds like amazing. A, a true story. Yes, fuck so, yes. So, fuck yes, I'm here for it. And clearly, Tiller knows what the fuck time it is. Yeah, I would say, it. especially after this, it's one of those, you've convinced me, like, I'm happy to watch whatever you put out from now on, because that was fucking so good. It was so well done. Phenomenal. I also watched Surviving Death. Yes! Girl, you... I got you into it. I watched the rest of it. Fine. Yeah. I watched all the medium episodes without Johnny, because it was too woo-woo for him. One... Oh my god, you're completely right about Stephanie Arnold. Right? They don't do it justice. They they cut out everything. Yes. It's like the bare minimum, basically. It's like she said she was going to die, and then she did. It was almost died. like a near-death experience story instead of like a... Everything. I had a fucking prophecy of my own death, basically. Yeah, they don't mention that she ended up actually getting the placenta accreta. Yeah. And because they, they go into the ambiotic fluid embolism that yeah. she goes into, but at no point are they like, oh yeah, P.S., that thing she was telling everyone she was going to get, actually fucking happened. They don't get into the fact that she told all of like her doctors that it was going to happen. They don't get into the second crash cart. They don't yeah. get into that she went to a hypnotherapist and found this out. They don't get into any of that. Yeah. It's wild because it did such a disservice to her story. I thought so too. To the point that when it got to the end, I was kind of doing something else at the time. And I looked up and I was like, did I just like miss no. 10 minutes of this story? Because this should have been way longer. Like I knew all of the background from you because we had just talked about yeah. it. Yeah. So I was disappointed. I was one of those like, I know her story so good. Like why is this just like a meh sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a bit disappointing. Something I found interesting in one of the Medium episodes is their... I think it's the second episode where they bring in these people and then, well, okay, let's take a second. So this medium woman, I know, tell me the like voices. <laughs> I was like, tell me all your thoughts. I need what to know how you felt. Tell me the little boy. Hi, my name is Tommy. Are you if Okay. Ugh. I have gone to two mediums in my life. If that shit would have started, I would be like, bitch, I'm out. I can't do this. Everyone was so chill about it in the room. And I was like, um. Okay. That's that thing because I've been gaslit for a good portion of my life. So I don't trust my own feelings or assessments of kind of anything, which I'm working on. But that's that thing where a situation is happening and then I'm looking, I'm like, this is fucked. And then I look at everyone else and I'm like, no one else is reacting to this. I have to be the one that's wrong here. 
No. When, no, it's always the other way around. Yeah, it's always it's everyone me else. Yes. being the only one who knows what the fuck time it is. If I were there and this bitch, like, because it's multiple voices. It's, yes. It's like, an, it's like an old man and a little boy and like a... I'm Tommy. And they're like, the hi, Tommy. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Because like the children, quote unquote, like soothe people. Like sometimes it's too upsetting to like hear from your relative whoever's Tommy talking to you from the other side. Tommy is super upsetting. Thank you. I thought so too. I was like, why is everyone like laughing and smiling at this? They were all like super happy. Like, oh, Tommy's here. Yay. Super upsetting. So a couple went and they were like, oh my God, all this stuff you said was true. And then they realized that all of it was easily Googleable. Yes. That she mentioned. Uh, she said that the grandfather, whoever it was, the father, like said something. A certain thing. Yes. And, and was... they were both like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Yeah. How did she know that? And then they're like, you know, it's literally like printed on the menu of the restaurant. We on your right. Facebook page. It's literally front and fucking center. And he was like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I went to Medium, I mentioned this before, in New Orleans, and I went with the gentleman. And even though I'm super woo-woo, I'm also super reasonable. Yes. You know, just what I love about you. Honestly. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, this woman had my name. She had my email address. I am very Googleable Because I'm an actor, I have a website, I have an IMDb, I'm a semi-public persona. You know, I'm on social media. Yes. You can find me on that. So I was very wary about what is the information that this woman is going to be giving me. Everything she brought up does not exist on social media. Really? It's not on anything. You can't find it anywhere. You can't find it Ah. anywhere. And then the person I went with, she had no idea who this person was. was. Because they weren't on the like reservation or anything, right? It was, I'm bringing, I'm bringing someone else. (gasps) So she didn't have his name. And she like mentioned like pictures that were hanging at his grandparents' house. Oh, fuck. I love that. And it was, they had this ailment. He's like, why does my leg hurt? And then he'd be like, oh, because they had, uh, they walked with like a, not a cast, but like a. Oh, like a brace? A brace. Okay. Which I didn't know any of the shit. Yeah. So, So it was the thing, like for me, I was like, okay, like maybe things can be whatever. But like the first thing she brought up was my 15s and like my grandfather dancing with me at my 15s. And traditionally, even though, yes, I'm Spanish, she could have done a shot in the dark that I had yes. a 15. So a 15. It's usually your dad dancing with you. It's yeah. It's not your grandfather. It's not your. Yeah. So I had both. I had my dad and my grandfather both dance with me on my 15. Okay. And on my 15, because how this medium that she didn't fucking go into a voice that was a child. Hi, mommy. Hi. Yeah. I would have rolled the fuck out. <laughs> and it was, it was so funny because I went to New Orleans with a gentleman and I am very much my father's daughter in that relaxing is not really a thing I do on vacations. Okay. I can do that at home. Yeah. You want to go gonna... do things. You yes. want to get out. You want to experience it. Yes. Yeah. Like when I was younger, we all went to Paris and we went to the Louvre. And I think the Louvre is like, I think it's like 200 days to see the entire Louvre. My dad was like, we're doing all of it in four hours. <laughs> yes. Fuck he, yes. Right? Hey, power walk in the fucking Louvre. Let's do this. Exactly. He, he doesn't even realize that he primed me for New York. So yes. there was no adjustment period. I was like, I'm here. I'm with my people. I'm in a rush. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my way. Get the fuck out of my way. So when this gentleman and I were going to go to New Orleans together, I like became like the cruise director. I'm like, what are the things we're doing? Ba, 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 ba. And especially since he had gone to New Orleans once, he only got went for like... 
10 hours. He fucking hated it. And I was like, girl, I got you. You're going to go with me and your life is going to change. You're welcome. So I was like, do you want to do a ghost tour? Do you want to do a medium? Cause I had looked up a medium thing and he was like both. And I'm like, um, dancer. should we like stop by like a drive-in chapel? Because like, why aren't we married? <laughs> How the fuck are you like throwing me with this situation? And we're like not married. Oh my God. So we decided to do, he, he decided, it's like, fuck it. Let's just do the medium. And I'm like, I'm obsessed with you. And he goes, I feel like it'll either be really cool or really cheesy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm 1000% on board with either one of those Yeah, so I was options. like, you can't really go wrong with that. Like, Absolutely. it's cheesy, we're going to talk trash and laugh about it. Or it's amazing, and we're both going to be like, holy fuck. Right. Can you fucking believe it? Yeah. Right. And it was one of those things that she, it was at her house, and it was like a 15-minute drive outside of the French Quarter where we were staying. And literally in the car ride, we're like, what does this woman's house smell like? Like, you know she has to have, Patchouli. like, 50 cats. Like, oh, okay. Like, it was, yeah. like, that level. Okay, and yeah. we're like, ah! <laughs> On the way there, and the way she did it is that she would use, uh, she had multiple tarot decks out. And she was like, pick the deck that resonates with you, that, like, calls to you. And there was a deck there that it was, like, it was blue, which is my favorite color, and it had a golden, like, sun, moon, and stars. And that was literally what my bedroom looked like growing up. It was blue Aww. with, like, golden sun, moon, and yeah. stars. And that's for me. So she's like, okay, you're going to like shuffle the deck and then I'm going to pull three cards that is supposed to be your current situation to make sure that your energy's on the cards. And she pulls the three cards and I look over and she says the thing. And I look over at the guy and I'm like, that's literally what I spent 20 minutes talking to you about at the bar before we came here. Like everything she just fucking said. Holy shit. So I'm like, okay. And then what was interesting is she wouldn't deal the cards afterwards. She would just hold on to the cards and like, you know, that was how she would do. She wouldn't do the... I'm Tommy! Bullshit. <laughs> so, and she was like, okay, you can speak to up to three people. I want their first name. Only give me a yes or no. Don't expand on anything. Love that. Right? Yeah. So then I was like, it was, it was their first name and how long ago they passed. Okay. So I gave my grandfather, I was like, Julio. And I think at that time it was like five years or something. And she holds onto the card. She closes her eyes and then she opens them and says, the first thing that he's giving me, the first image he's giving me is an image of you, a memory of you dancing with him. And I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? And I was like, I used to be a ballerina, like maybe that's, okay. but like nothing is like ringing any bells, right? Nothing yeah. is ringing any bells. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And she, she doubles down. She's like, no, he's showing me you in a big dress dancing with him. And then I was like, oh, holy shit. Oh my God. And I was like, Oh my God. I, yeah, I know what that is. And then it's like the tears like start immediately because, oh, shit. because yeah. I had a 15s and a 15s is a huge deal. If you're Spanish, it's a huge deal. And mine was a huge, ridiculous deal. And traditionally how you do a 15s is it's kind of like a debutante coming out yeah. party as like a woman to society. So how you're supposed to do it is you have 14 couples with the quinceanera being the 15th. And you like choreograph dances. It's formal. All the men are wearing tuxes. All the girls yeah. are wearing. It's like it looks like a little wedding almost. It's a wedding to like an eleven. It's yeah, super intense. And there's a moment where it's like a wedding. There's the moment like the father daughter dance. dance. Yes, it's nuts. It's fucking ridiculous. But whatever tradition. I don't know what the fuck. So in my fifteens, there was also a grandfather granddaughter dance. I am my grandfather's only granddaughter 
And so the 15s were just a huge thing, just culturally. Like growing up, I heard about my 15s years before I even knew what the fuck they were. It's yeah, like, oh my gosh, she's getting close to her 15s. And I was like, what the, I'm turning 15, great. And then I realized like the scope, it literally, it was a year to plan this. It was like a wedding. Holy shit. Yeah. It was intense with rehearsals, like for like a oh month. It was intense. Jesus. It's intense. It's a, it's a wedding basically. Yeah. So in the days leading up to my 15s, my grandfather had like a hip problem and he couldn't walk. Oh shit. And he prayed to St. Jude, our homie St. Jude, patron saint of hopeless causes. He was like, please let me be able to dance with my granddaughter on her 15s. Oh, that's so sweet. And he woke up the day of my 15s and could walk. <gasps> no problem. God damn, you gave me fucking chill. Like, I don't understand. So, and Shit. he like, and he danced with me in it and he danced all night long. Like nothing, like nothing. Wow. So that that would be the first. And granted, none of these pictures exist online anywhere. Okay. Anywhere. So it's not like she saw a picture no, of you dancing with your grandmother. They don't exist and she was anywhere. Like, yes. They exist in my parents' house, unless she went to my parents' house. Holy crap. So there's the shot in the dark that maybe she had a 15. She has a Spanish last name. But the significance of how much these 15s meant to my grandfather yeah. and that he was able to dance with his only granddaughter, especially since the day before he couldn't walk. Yeah. And that that's the first thing she brought up. And then when I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. She was like, no. And she's like, no, he's showing me an image of you in a big dress dancing with him. And then I was like, <gasps> like, you know what the fuck he's talking about. I know what the fuck. So when I looked, when I saw the, the medium, because, because here's the thing, fast forward like a month. So I tell my friends, Donna and Nellie, I'm like, I went to fucking medium and it was the craziest shit I've ever experienced in my fucking life. Yes. And like the guy I went with was like the crazy shit he's ever experienced in his life. We were not like, haha, she has cats. We were like, what the Holy fuck just shit. happened? Life changing, yeah. And he was like, I talked to my dead mom. Like, what the fuck just happened? Oh Holy my God. shit. This is so intense and incredible and like once in a lifetime shit. So I told them that and they're like, oh my God, we need to figure this shit out. So of course I gave it a goog and there is the spiritualist church in New York. And they meet like once a month or some shit. And it happens to be right across the street from Donna's where they meet. Oh shit, nice. So we're like, fuck, we're going to go. Oh yeah. And it's exactly what you see in the Medium episode where it's just like a bunch of people sitting and it's like, I'm getting this thing, you over here, this message is for you and ba-da-da-da-da. And then if you paid an extra 10 bucks, they would do like a personal, like not a personal, but like a smaller circle of maybe like 14 people instead okay. of however much. This was the biggest crock of horse shit. Oh, was it? Ever. They were like, is it just like vague fucking? No, it was. They were like over here, James. For me, what they said about me is they're like, you have a mother, sister, and spirit. I'm like, I don't. No. And I was expecting them to be like, your mom had a miscarriage. I was like, because they were like reaching so hard, and yeah. I'm like, this is not a thing. You're grasping. And then because they had two like medium people there. Okay. And basically, this one guy was like not nailing it. So the other one jumped in. And was like, you don't meditate, do you? And I said, no. And she said, no, you don't or no, you do. And I was like, no, what I'm saying, no, that what you're saying is incorrect. I do meditate. And she goes, well, how often? Ugh. And I go every day. I was like three times a week. I do 20 minutes, a guided meditation three times a week. I wake up and I meditate. And right before I go to sleep, I meditate. And then she goes, well, spirit is saying you have to meditate more. Well, come fuck yourself. And I'm like, it Bullshit. was such garbage yeah no and here's the thing when i went to new orleans i was expecting that yes i was expecting like the biggest bullshit ever and me like oh, whatever not like your grandfather's talking to you Holy and like shit. this woman being like this is the painting that was hanging up in your uncle's house or whatever the fuck to the guy I was with that's fucking insane 
And it just reminded me of that watching the medium thing of like everything this woman brought up was not Googleable. Like she mentioned like people's sexual orientation who were not what? out. She brought up family rifts. It was wild. She was legit. She was legit as fuck. Oh, I love that. Do you remember her name? Her name was Willow LeMerchant. Wow. That's a fucking medium name if I ever heard one. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And she lives right by a cemetery. So she (gasps) also does like ghost investigations in the cemetery. Yes. So like she has a black cat. Like what else are you going to tell me? Oh, black hair, black witchy ensemble. Lives on hollowed ground. I love it. Uh, no, I was obsessed. Willow was incredible. So if you if you look up Black Rose Tours, you can get in touch with her and either do a tour yes. or do like a seance. The I'm wildest shit ever. so intrigued. And I've always wanted to do this because I really have not participated in social media in my adult life. So yeah. there is really Nothing. very little paper trail for my life. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely things that I've experienced that I've just never told anyone. So, like, if you could ever tell me one of those things, I would just be absolutely floored. Absolutely. Beyond shocked. And the fact that she was very adamant of yes or no, don't, like, expand. Don't, yeah, don't give me their last name. Like, I want this to be as real as possible. I mean, the the fella I went with, he he didn't follow those rules as well. So it's kind of like, your honor, you're leading the witness. But then he would say shit that I didn't know. And that I super wanted to ask about, but it was like super rude. I couldn't ask about like these super personal things that he kind of divulged a little bit or like came out in this. It's almost like a therapy session. Like you can't then talk about it like outside of a therapy session. Like this is like Like, doctor patient confidentiality. Like like, certain like riffs and certain things that people had done and said. And I just want to be like, what the fuck did they say? But you can't bring it up. No, no. Fuck no. But... I want to know. I want to know some <laughs> shit. That's crazy. Yeah. That was not the case with Tommy. Yeah. It was weird. It was weird. I felt weird about that episode. The reincarnation episode was super good though. I really enjoyed that a lot. It was really good. And beyond there's one, oh there's one God. scene in the middle of it that is the most painfully awkward scene It's I've so ever. uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable for everyone involved. I literally left the room because I just was like, I'll let this run in the background. Like I'll miss it. I'll go to the bathroom. I'll go to the kitchen, whatever I need to do. Like I didn't want to watch that. And I came back after it was done. I was like, okay. And the rest of the episode was great. But just that one like little scene in the middle is so awkward. Yeah. I'm going to spoiler alert it because I want to talk about it. So if you haven't seen it, just like click the forward button a few times. So basically a lot of times kids will start saying shit if they have been reincarnated, allegedly. They'll start saying memories and getting into that really around like two or three years old. Yes. Most people lose their memories, their childhood memories around six. So if you don't foster those memories and are like, yeah, totally, this isn't an imaginary friend. You're not just super overactive imagination. You actually were another person. Then those memories are probably going to be gone by the time you're six. So there was a kid that this was the case. And he described his life very well. And like the mom very was well. really kept track of it and really had a lot of information about this previous life that he had experienced, that he had all this information for. But there was also definitely a large portion of his childhood where that was kind of a no-no and it was not okay to really talk yes. about. They just thought he was being, had a really overactive imagination. So fast forward, this kid is basically like 
20 kind 20? of 20 yeah, yeah like an adult and they fly him out to meet the daughter and the sister of the person that he supposedly is the reincarnation of and they're like asking him super pointed questions and here's the thing this isn't a kid who's like a tyler henry being like hi he's like painfully like a little bit tubby like so sweet in a polo like he doesn't want to be doing this he would prefer to like just live his life not being the kid who like believed he was reincarnated when he was younger yes his mom is dragging him to this they fly to another fucking state and they're like asking him super specific shit and he's so uncomfortable he doesn't want to be there he doesn't know how to answer he's like look i legit don't remember yeah it's like i'm past the point in my life in which i have access to these memories like really the mom is the person you're talking to because she was the one who heard him say everything he said as a kid she's a more real reliable source at this point right and they yeah. even have like documentation of things he said yes and like he he wrote down 200 facts about this person 50 of them were 10,000 percent accurate the rest of them were semi-accurate or like just couldn't be verified because yes back in those days you just it wasn't like social media where you know everything like you if you didn't specifically ask your grandparent or parent about something they died and you never fucking knew about it so it wasn't even that he was inaccurate they're just things that weren't verifiable yes. but the things that were verifiable were, were so specific literally spot on yeah he was supposedly like one of the most well documented cases of reincarnation yes. or something. like they literally like show his fucking binder and it's like inches thick yeah and then i'm like why don't you just look at that shit why are you bringing this poor kitty here so awkward it's painful he can't answer the questions they're getting like frustrated that he can't answer even though like he what should up? Yeah. What are you expecting? Like, it's 15 years later. And then the sister is kind of like, well, I I kind of wish I would have met him when he was a kid and had these memories. Yeah. Yeah, bitch. That was the fucking time to do it. You fucking lost your window. Sorry. Sorry. Just die and then hopefully you'll run into your brother reincarnated on the other side. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. But there is another kid that they interview. Oh, girl. That was the fucking best one. It was the best one. Who is still a child and is saying, no, no, like, this is what's happening. I am this person. I am this kid. This was my mom's name. This was my name. He talked name. about his other mom. He talked about his other mom. He talked about the and gave like, not just like, my name is Brayden. Like first and last name. I died and then I woke up and then you were my mom type of shit. So a uh, therapist, investigator, uh, person type thing. Yeah. I someone, so someone, so they tracked down. So she Googled the, mom, the name originally. The mom yes. Googles the name, Googles the mom's name and Googles the kid's name. Absolutely real. There was a kid who was in Brooklyn or the Bronx. The Bronx, I think, yeah. Was basically smothered by his babysitter when he was 19 months old, several years before her son was born. And like the mom's name is totally legit. The kid's name is totally legit. The fact that yeah. the kid, and granted, this is like a two-year-old giving like a super complicated name. It's like Jaden. Yeah, something. it's not a name you wouldn't make up. Right. If you're a little kid. Yeah. Exactly. And then, so. It is an investigator. Who's so, the investigator yes. so the investigator yes. shows up. And he has pictures of where Jaden, like his apartment, where he grew up, what his parents looked like. The and then park that he, the park he used to go to. Used to yes. And, and then he has pictures of just a random park, a random Stop apartment, a random woman, a random dude. So he's just like, hey, whatever. I'm like here. I just want to ask you a couple questions. And he pulls out the two pictures of the parks, like the one that Jaden used to, that was a block away from where Jaden lived. And then a random park. And on this kid's face, this kid is like two, three years old. His face lights up and he like gasps and smiles with recognition and points immediately at the park. Yes. 
And to every, I could literally give you my chills right now just talking about it. You're giving me chills right now talking about it. And then they pull up like the two women, his mother, he picks it out. The dad picks it out. Like everything. everything. There's no, there's no thinking about it. He got a five out of five. For everything they showed. everything. It's at minimum, very compelling. It's incredible and you guys should watch it It was a really interesting series. I really enjoyed it. But they totally fucked Stephanie Arnold. Yeah, I didn't think they did her justice at all. She, I was really glad I had heard the story from you prior to that because I would have thought, honestly, nothing of that story having watched it in the... The canoe fucking story. The canoe story is crazy. Oh my god, yeah. I was listening to another podcast and they mentioned that they were watching the series and they brought up the canoe and I just wanted to be like, yes, that story's crazy, but Stephanie Arnold's story is fucking crazy and they did not do her justice no. at all. She needed a whole episode on her own, to be honest. Ten, it's that fucking crazy. 10,000%. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to give a shout out to longtime listener Angie. What? Oh, yes, girl. You're the fucking best. You're amazing. We're obsessed with you, in case you don't know. She messaged us that Netflix is doing a new true crime series <gasps> about the Hotel Cecil. What? Yes. No way. Yes. And it's, I think it's February 10th it comes out. And I had no idea that this was happening. And Angie... Hooked a bitch up and totally messaged us about it. That's awesome. So out, thank girl. you, Angie. Thank Good looking you. out. I'm obsessed with you. And I can't wait to fucking watch it and talk about it. Yes. Yes. Fuck. Did she, when is it coming out? I believe it's February 10th. Amazing. And they're going to go into, like, I want to say it was Richard Ramirez who did stay there. But the Ooh. Hotel Cecil, like, definitely had serial killers live there. Definitely haunted as fuck. Definitely had a lot of crime. There's the Lisa Lamb situation yeah. that happened there. It's a very fucked up, weird place. And I'm really interested to see what the take of it is in this Netflix series. Especially since I'm so hyped after Night Stalker. Yeah. I was going to say, I have high hopes for that. So Yeah. Oh my god, I hadn't heard about that at all. I'm so excited. Angie. Angie. Thank you, girl. Fucking Amazing. helping a bitch out. We're obsessed with you. Obsessed. So I got some really spooky stories. Thank Ooh. you to everyone who yeah, submitted in advance. You. It's going to be good. Okay. So here's the first story. My family owns a big house in Jersey that's over 100 years old. It has units that are rented out to tenants. One day we were moving things into the hallway storage downstairs, and I noticed that there was this creepy little doll sitting in the back behind the, all the boxes. <sighs> I'm not into a creepy doll. So, <laughs> yeah. No. Right off the bat, we're starting no. out great. It must have belonged to my niece when she was little, and I thought about tossing it or donating it, but there were too many boxes, and I didn't want to bother with it just then. I locked up and completely forgot about it until the next time I opened the closet, and suddenly, the doll was sitting in front of all the boxes, staring at me with its dead eyes. Nope. Mm -mm. It was creepy. Yeah, no fucking shit. And I knew no one would miss it if I threw it in the trash. Months went by, and I didn't think about the doll again until the next time I opened the closet. And it was sitting on top of the boxes with its hands in its lap. (gasps) No, 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 no. Like, what? You already thought about throwing it away. Like, throw it away. Get it out of here. No. He threw it away. (gasps) And then it appeared. And it came back? Yes. Oh, fuck. I just thought he, like, didn't throw it away. He was like, no, I forgot about it. No, Uh... he was going to throw it away. And then he was like, fuck it. This is weird. I'm going to throw it away. And then didn't think about it. And months later, came back. And the doll is in the fucking closet. On top of all the boxes. No. Yes. The closet is locked with a key, and the tenants don't have access, but no one in my family has fessed up to moving it. I have no idea if they were messing with me or not, but I tossed it back behind the boxes instead of throwing it out again. I moved away, but as far as I know, she's still back there. What? That's fucking so creepy. That's so creepy, and it's not signed, but girl. 
I think we talked about this one before. I'm not big into dolls. I know your mom had like a whole doll room growing up or something. My bedroom was the doll room. You're, yeah. You yeah. had so many dolls. I'm not not super into them. Stuffed animals, fine, okay. Yeah. Dolls are creepy. I get it. Oh, no, no, no. Mm-mm. The thing is like you throwing it out and it's, it shows up again, that's a that's a shunt. From yeah, that's no. A no. That's when that fucking bitch goes in the garbage disposal. Like, I'll figure, <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll fucking... It's a no for me, dog. No. Mm-mm. She's going on the bonfire or something. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess I'm up now, all right. Yeah. Years ago, I was dating the woman who lived next door, and I remember one time, we're in her house, and we were like, let's go to the movies. So we decided to go out to the movies. So as we're walking out, I'm opening the door, and there's two doors, the weather door and then the front door. So I open up the weather door, and I open up the front door, and I see a face coming at me. And I'm like, fuck? Oh, shit. Because that is the correct response. Yes. And it just goes over me and through me. (gasps) I look towards my ex, and she is fucking pale white. And I go, you saw that, right? She nods her head yes. She was freaked out, but I thought it was fucking cool. (laughs) This is from Frank, which, like, kudos to you, dude, for, like, being like, a face just went through me. This is awesome. Like, this is fucking rad. MBD. I would be your girlfriend who was, like, no. No. Dead pale and, like, could not even speak at the moment. Yeah, I'd freak the fuck out. The worst part is, like, it went through you into your house then. So then it's like, I don't want to go to the movies anymore, but I definitely don't want to go back in my fucking house with this thing. I know. No. Frank. Oh Frank. I mean, good on you. Good for you, man. You're, uh, you're we'll braver. You around. Yeah. Braver than I. <laughs> by a lot. <laughs> the only time I truly felt something weird was going on is when I was still living with my parents. I slept in the basement and the stairs were next to my bedroom door. I heard steps going down the stairs and started to panic for some reason. I knew it was not someone in my family. It was an old house, and I would always know who was walking just from the sound of the floor. The sound was not loud enough to be from an adult, yet there was clearly someone going down. The stairs would crack one after the other going down. After a couple of minutes of being scared, I assumed it was in my head and tried to just go to sleep. About 20 minutes later... I hear a very loud sound of someone going down the stairs super fast. I see a face appear. Oh, shit. No, 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 no. I was already creeped out the fucking footsteps. I see a face appear in my doorframe, and I started screaming. Yes, correct. Turns out it was my mom. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That might still be a fair response. Like, I don't know your mom. Absolutely. I mean, hey. But she looked at me and said, quote, Did he go upstairs earlier? Because I swear I heard someone walk in the house. (gasps) I didn't have the courage to tell her I heard it too. So I just said no and crapped (gasps) my pants for the rest of the night. Alex. Alex? Alex, you should have shared this. Why did you gaslight your mom? Right? That too. Girl. No. I don't know if this is a girl or a guy, but I girl everyone. So no one is safe. I dude everyone. So There you go. Oh, then we even each other out. Perfect. I'll girl you, she'll dude you. Girl, dude, why are you gaslighting your mom? Don't do that. You could have bonded over this. You could be like, holy fucking shit, this is crazy and weird. That was Our not me. haunted. Yeah. Yes. That's fucking crazy, though. So crazy. No, no, oh. no. All right, so this one plays a little bit into our uh, surviving death conversation. Oh, shit. When my daughter Ivy was little, probably only two or three, I was giving her a bath one night when she looked up at me and out of the blue asked, do you remember when you were my dad and we lived in the carpet store? Shut the fuck up. I was taken aback. What was she talking about? Curious about what she was remembering, I asked her what else she knew. She said, 
When the bad men came, we hid in the rugs, but they found us and we <gasps> died. I was shaken by what she said, but she didn't seem upset. She was calm and very matter of fact about it. I knew this was something she didn't have any reference for and couldn't have possibly made up. I wasn't completely unfamiliar with the idea of past lives and heard that sometimes children were able to access these memories. A year or so later, I had a past life regression done. During the session, while under hypnosis, I was able to describe several lifetimes that I had lived. In one, I spoke of my life as an Arab man who ran a small carpet shop where I lived with my family. Eventually, I described being under attack and hiding amongst the rolled up rugs Stop only it. to be found and killed, just like Ivy had said. I have so many chills. Oh my fucking God. I know. I gave myself chills with that one. Oh my God. That's so good. I love that one. And that was from Sue who gave that. Sue, girl. Yeah. <gasps> mm, I know. Oh my God. Crazy, right? It's I know. so crazy. The, the remembering the death too always gets me. Like one of those in the reincarnation episode was like the kid who remembered dying in the plane crash. Yeah. Oh, that gutted me. It got me oh so much. Oh my God, I know. And here's the thing is that clearly... Her daughter and her were reincarnated together, together, which I love too. And that she was the father in the past life, which is very typical. Right. That they have a different role to you in your past life than they do in your current life. Yeah. that And it's like clearly like that's like their soul family. Yes. I love it. I mean, I, I want to get a past life regression so bad. Not yes. The, not the bullshit past life thing no. that I did in Salem where they're no. like, you had braids and clogs. And you that's shoes, yeah. No. Like, and Bullshit. nothing else. No, no, no. I want that. I want to know what the fuck. Yes. And I want to know how it relates to my, like, day-to-day -day life. I want them to tell me that I obviously knew you. Oh, yes. Like, 100 fucking percent. 1,000 percent I knew you. And, like, how we knew each other. I literally wanted to go and be regressed and then be like, oh, my God, this is my sister in this life. But it's actually Monique. And that's why we're so Literally. Is because. Yes. Yes. I'm obsessed. I can't wait. We're doing this. We're it's doing happening. this. It's happening. <laughs> we're oh my manifesting God. it. I'm putting it out there. If you will it, it is no dream. Oh, shit. There you go. Hello, fellow travelers. So here we are, 2021. And I can tell you from the front lines that this year, well, let's all just hope for the best, shall we? <laughs> Fingers crossed. Obsessed. I wanted to contribute something to your listener stories episode, but I'm not sure where to start. I'm a deputy medical examiner. Oh, shit. Fuck. You yes. can start there because that Fuck. is fucking legit. Yes. But in some jurisdictions, I'm also known as a medical legal death investigator or deputy coroner. Girl. Do you have a badge? Like, what a fucking title. What a fucking badass. There are lots of names for it, but the job is the same. Go check it out when death gets weird. Ah! Oh my god. I'm so here for this. When death gets weird. Like, I, that, that should be just a title for something. I don't know what, but something. somebody do something with that. Do something with that and then credit us with Yes. <laughs> the majority of what I do is death scene investigation. When someone dies and the cause is up for debate, I join the police in figuring out what happened. I have a vast stable of odd tales, but the one that comes to mind today occurred about nine months ago. It was, quite frankly, disturbing. <gasps> I was woken up at about three in the morning by an officer at a death scene who informed me that my presence was required at a quote-unquote hanging. <gasps> oh, no. I groaned, assuming it was another suicide. <laughs> I'm sorry that that's funny. It's just the, like, the visual of it is like, oh, another fucking person killed himself. Whatever. God damn it, yeah. What's the <laughs> deal? I growled at the officer. Did this guy kill himself or what? The officer considered my question for a minute. It's better if you just come here. So ominous. So eerie. Okay. Yep. 
My interest was piqued, so I dragged my sleepy ass out of bed to the address I had been given by the officers. Upon arriving, I found it was a closed-down big box store, the kind that takes up an entire warehouse. This place had been closed for almost a year and hadn't seen any action other than being rented by Spirit Halloween in October the year before. The parking lot was covered in weeds and all of the lights were burned out. The place looked completely abandoned and it wasn't until I circled around to the loading dock that I finally spotted the police cruisers. They were parked next to an old van and had two women sitting on a curb nearby. When I joined them, they explained that the seated women were friends of the dead guy inside the store. As they told it, one of the women and the dead guy had come to the warehouse at about 7 a.m. the day before. The guy crawled up the garage chute to get into the store because he was planning on stripping out any copper wiring he could find and stealing anything else that might be of value. The woman with him, his girlfriend, was going to wait in the van and probably get high until he was done. She fell asleep and woke a few hours later. The guy wasn't back yet. So she wandered around, went to McDonald's, hung out, until the sun had long gone down. She started to get worried. The guy hadn't come out of the store yet, and she couldn't see inside. She banged on the door and tried calling up the garage chute, but received no answer. That's when she called her friend, the other woman, and got a boost into the garage chute herself. She came clamoring back out a few seconds later, screaming to call 911. It was at that moment that I noticed the garage door to the loading dock was open just a bit, and I heard a warbling voice float out from inside. Hey guys, how much longer do I have to stay in here? Who's that? I asked the cops. Oh, him? That's just our recruit. He's standing by the body, they answered. You made him go there alone? I asked. They giggled. He's fine. We gave him a flashlight. Oh, fuck you guys. I would quit date fucking two. Like, exactly. no way. I'm out of there. The no. poor recruits? This is probably, what, it's like third day on the job? Traumatizing. Yes. At least pay for the fucking therapy bill. Jesus Christ. Agreed. Well, I crawled under the loading dock doors to find one relieved police recruit. And <laughs> thank God you're here. <laughs> they left me all alone. I only have this shitty flashlight. Like, oh, I know. And one dead guy. Hanging from the ceiling by one arm, in the dark, echoing expanse of that abandoned warehouse, it was creepy as fuck. This guy was surrounded by all the wiring he had stripped from the building, and it looked like he had climbed up to the ceiling to cut through the pipes and to further strip out the copper, but something had happened and he had fallen. A length of electrical wire was wrapped around his wrist and held him aloft a good 10 feet above the ground. At first, we all assumed he'd been electrocuted, so we called the fire department and the utility company to turn off the electricity to the building before we tried to get him down. But the on-call electric company technician, he looked spooked beyond measure and kept staring at the dead guy, you know, fucking shit, told us after some fiddling around that there was no power to the building at all. Okay, are you absolutely sure? I asked him. Uh, pretty sure, he mumbled, staring at the dead body. That was good enough for the fire department, who clearly wanted to get back to their station and go to bed. They scampered up their ladder and cut the guy down while I stood a good 15 feet away, waiting for the sparks to fly the second they touched him. But the power guy was right. No sparks, no electricity. I still did a full external exam on the guy, still virtually certain he'd been electrocuted and managed to knock out the power when it happened. But then there were no marks on his body, nothing that would denote an electrical injury of any kind. Furthermore, the wires were twisted around his free hand in such a way that it suggested 
he was alive while he was suspended <gasps> and trying to wrench himself free. It was at this moment that I noticed, laying dead on the ground with his arms outstretched, his long wavy brown hair tussled around his face and his scraggly goatee curling around his placid face, I realized he looked a lot like Jesus Christ. And that's when it struck me. A little known fact that when someone is crucified in Bible times, they might die of a number of things, fatal blood loss, punctured lungs, etc., etc. But what people actually often died of was positional asphyxia. They suffocated. Allow me to explain. In religious iconography, you often see Jesus hanging on the cross with nails through his hands, not historically accurate, correct, and feet. But if you look closely, you'll see a little step that holds his feet in a position like he's almost standing on it. Whether or not this little step was actually a thing is a matter for his historians. But what's important is that most people didn't die fast enough. If they lingered for a day or two, the Roman soldiers would come by and break their legs because people suffocate when they're suspended by their arms alone. When your arms are outstretched, either above your head or out to your sides, and your feet are suspended, this position overstretches your diaphragm, preventing it from contracting effectively enough to pull air into your lungs. Additionally, all your muscles between your ribs, the intercostal muscles, that normally assist in respiration are also stretched to the extreme and can't help you breathe. If you hang for long enough, you experience respiratory muscle fatigue and you can't breathe anymore. You suffocate. Holy shit. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you go to Catholic school, you find out I, Jesus yeah. definitely suffocated. I did not know that. Yeah. I was not aware. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You did not teach me that in atheist school. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Stick with me, kid. <laughs> so many things. This guy had fallen while stealing copper wires, caught his wrist in a wire, probably trying to save himself, and hung there for a good 16 hours before he what? was found. What I don't, sucks is the girl was outside, like if she had just come and checked on him sooner. Getting yeah. fucking high and yeah. going to McDonald's. Fuck. Don't do drugs. I mean, Amy does. I do drugs. She, I mean, just like trash. with moderation and pick and choose. Like, they're, some are better than others. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, under advisement. I don't know. There you go. It's your life. I don't know how long it took him to suffocate, but the end result is this guy died by crucifixion, positional asphyxia, secondary to accidental suspension by the wrist. And that's the story of my first crucifixion, professionally speaking. If you like the story, feel free to give my blog and IG a plug. Absolutely. I've got lots more where that came from. So check out more stories like this at www.deadmensdonuts.com. That's D-E-A-D-M-E-N-S-D-O-N-U-T-S.com. Sounds delicious. Um, right. Also, there's a book coming out this year. Hell yeah, congrats. Congrats, and you're a great writer, so I can't fucking wait to read yeah. it. Yeah. Dead Men's Donuts Adventures in Mortality from Vinyl Press with lots of weird stories for the morbidly minded. Um, Ooh, I'm obsessed. That's right in my alley. Lastly, I love to talk about my job. So if at any point you have any questions about the death scenes, law enforcement <sighs> stuff you talk about, feel free to ring me up. I'd love to help dispel misconceptions, explain shit, give you the inside scoop on why things happen the way they do. Much love, Grace Baudino. Oh my god. Girl, no just, take backsies. Yeah, you just made my, like, you, you might regret that, but you just made my fucking year. We no are joke. absolutely going to take you off on this. A hundred fucking percent. <laughs> I'm so fucking excited. Holy shit. So excited. That was such a sweet offer. Yes. Wow. Thank you so much. 
check out Grace. Follow her on Instagram. It's dead period men's period donuts. So follow her there. She's rad as fuck. We're absolutely going to have you on the show and do like a whole interview with you. Yes, I was going to say. I mean, that was already in the back of my mind, but yeah. Of course. Yes. How, how, someone's going to make you this offer and you're going to be like, no. just like, write in some bullshit? No, no. we want to hear it from you. We're getting you on. We're fucking doing all of it. And you offered it. So I know, right? You brought this upon yourself. You so. brought this upon no yourself. no one but yourself to blame. That story was incredible. Thank you so, so yes. much for that. What a fucking cool job. Yes. Intense. And like, I don't know that I'd be emotionally uh, Same able girl. to handle that, but fuck In yes. an emergency, I'm the last person you want with you. Even after the fact. Really? I don't believe You would be like fucking first on my list to call, honestly. Oh, girl, no. No? No, right, no, no. No, no. Do you know there's the fight-flight situation? Flight, fight, freeze. I'm freeze. Are you? I'm a big time freezer. Oh, shit. Big time. I am 100% flight. Like, if I can get the fuck out of there, I'm going to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. The amount of things I've pieced out on in my life just because I was like, this is a lot. Goodbye. Yeah. So I do that, but it's all mental. It's my brain is like, let's put a pin in this. <laughs> we can't handle yeah. this. So we're just going to shut down, probably black out the entire thing. And then late at a later date, just like little sprinkles of memory will just come up at a really inopportune moment. Fun. That's always nice. Yeah. It's really enjoyable. Yeah. You do not want me in an emergency. <laughs> Noted. Yeah. Several years ago, there was this whole thing about like the zombie apocalypse and quizzes on BuzzFeed. How long would you make it? I don't need to take a fucking quiz. I'm making it 20 minutes max. <laughs> max. That was one of the things we bonded about when we first met <laughs> yes. each other that we were both like, I might survive, but I don't want to. I'm 100% going to find something to OD on week fucking one. Yeah. I'm not sticking around for the horror that is the apocalypse. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> not even going to try. I'm literally not even going to try. No, you know, as someone who believes in God and believes in intelligent design and Whenever I, I, I get in a way or things don't go the way I've decided they're supposed to go in my life, you know, and I'll have like a little my mini meltdown about it. The thing I'll, I'll always bring myself to is like, I didn't come this far to come this far. Like this yes. is not where the road ends for me. Yeah. If it's a zombie apocalypse, I think this is where the road ends. <laughs> I think it's a pretty big sign. It's been a right good run. Face. I'm out. Fair. <laughs> like, totally fair. <laughs> we can go out together in the zombie apocalypse. I'm, like, I'm down. Great. I'm totally down. Yeah. All right. Next listener story. When we first moved into the house my parents were living in, I felt weird in the room downstairs, especially at night. Nope. Anytime I'd go into that room, I'd feel uneasy. One day, years later, I was hanging out in the living room, and when I looked up, I saw my great-grandmother walking into that room. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. And she had passed away years ago, so I know it couldn't have been her. No, girl. Uh -uh. But I legit saw her. So I went into that room to check it out, and I didn't get that weird, creepy feeling anymore. Oh. When I moved into that room, I woke up one night feeling like someone was sitting on my chest. Mm -mm. I closed my eyes and immediately started thinking of her, my great-grandmother, and then the feeling went away. <gasps> I found out later that someone had died in the house, and I think my grandmother was looking out for me. Aww. And that was from Michelle. Oh, she definitely was. Yes. Yes. She was like... Ghosties be gone. Yeah. She's with me. Goodbye, Incubus. Fuck off. Yeah. Fucking sit on your chest. Yeah. Scary. I mean, I'd still be freaked the fuck out. If oh, I saw yeah. No, I and I definitely would have moved in that room. Like, you're brave. Brave on you, girl. Yeah. Like, I used to see, like, people around the house when I was younger. 
Really? Yeah. And then my parents were like, she's just trying to scare you. And I'm like, that's great. Um, except there's literally a dude sitting on the stairs, like looking at me right now. So <gasps> really? Yeah. Yeah. I used, so I used have to you talk about this with me before. I, I don't, don't recall this in any way, shape or form. I, don't I feel know. like this would have fucking stuck out. I feel like I would have remembered this. Oh yeah. No, I guess maybe not. So my house used to be a one story house and my what ended up being my bedroom was the original master of the house. My parents ended up making a second floor and that second floor was like their master and all the fancy shit. Okay. So the original master, which was my bedroom, is in the middle of the house. And it's in the middle of the house because additions were made to the house. So the bedroom has windows that look into other rooms of the house. And there was a sliding glass door and like the bedroom was like elevated and then would go down basically to like go to the backyard. Okay. And then they just created a living room, dining room next to it. But then there's like this random sliding glass door in the middle of a house and stairs that go up to a bedroom. It's very random, but it's very obviously an addition. Addition, yeah. And then my parents made a second story and there's a spiral staircase that you see like a direct beeline from my bedroom because there's glass doors, right? And I was a sickly kid, so I would always uh, sleep on my side so that I wouldn't choke on my mucus and shit like that. Oh my goodness, okay. So that's why now I like, I can't sleep on my back. I had to have surgery last year and I had to sleep on my back for several weeks. And that was, so I just basically didn't sleep because I couldn't sleep on my back. And I woke up one day on my side facing the stairwell and there was a man sitting on the stairwell looking at me. Fuck off. And no. he was, and it was a man I'd never seen before. He was very gaunt. He had like tattered clothing. He was definitely older, like white hair and like kind of a five o'clock shadow, but like, okay. but, like but white, okay. like white scruff. Yeah. And I freaked the fuck out. I was like right? screaming, freaking Rightfully the fuck so. out. And my brothers came in and I was like, there's a fucking man. There's a fucking man there. Oh my God. And then my parents came in. I'm, I'm losing my shit. And my parents said, she's just trying to scare you. There's nothing oh. there. I was like, I know it's your parents, but fuck off. Yeah. No. And I was like, oh, I see. You can't see him. Yes. I can see him. And then it just became a thing of like, I feel like people like breathing on my neck. Oh, I would hear no. like people's like steps would... right behind me. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of like around high school, it just got to the point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I, I don't really. It lasted as long as high school? Yeah. It wasn't like that intense anymore. Okay. Were um, you still seeing people at that point? No. Like that okay. really kind of the only time I really remember. But like other things like, you know. I kind of feel like it's been like attracted to me. Like yeah. things have been attracted to me. Oh, I get it. Hey, hey girl. Hey, girl. Mm. So in high school, I definitely like heard things in my house and like I felt like breaths on me and like my doors would knock and... The breaths on me thing is like yeah. really getting me. And I would hear like almost like someone stepping like right behind me. No. And no one had died in the house. It was a house that was made, like the previous owners made the house. And then you bought it. Yeah. Your parents bought it. So obviously. Yeah. yeah. I know a, a dog died in the house, which I believe was like what the knocking was because the dog was blind. Oh. But like, I would love a dog ghost. Yes. Yeah, so uh, if I'm going to be haunted by something, can it please be a dog? Like, ah, uh, I would love that so much. And definitely sometimes it would smell like wet dog in my room. Okay. I don't like that. 
and we never had pets until I was like well into high school. That's a very distinctive smell too. Yeah. Yeah. And we never had dogs. So my grandfather shows up for me very specifically in like electronics, but like he's never shown up in a dream for me. And you never, I've never seen him him physically. like a specter. No, No. never. That would freak me the fuck out, I think. Yeah, it's a little much. He shows up to my mom and my younger brother in dreams. And the thing that's interesting is that they're like, it's so clear. It's him. Like, wow. It's not just like a dream. It's like where it's like, that person's your mom. But it's really Debbie Doesn't Moore. Look like but her, you're like, but I know no, it's, it's her. Your, yeah. yeah, they're like, no, 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 no. Like my mom, I'm, dude, you're getting so many like personal stories. So my mom had a dream not that long ago that she was in the house and my grandmother, my grandfather's wife, was there visiting, and she got a phone call. And my grandfather called like on a low end like five times a day. Holy shit! Like yeah. he called a billion times a day. Yeah. So my mom picks up the phone and she's like, it's my grandfather on the line, who was her father. And she's very close to. And she was like, the voice was so crystal clear that it was him. She's like, it was him. And she starts freaking the fuck out and sobbing on the phone. And he's, she's like, oh my God. And he's like, I just want to say that I love you and tell your mother, his wife, you know, I love her and like to take care of whatever. Aww. My mom wakes up, she's sobbing, she's hysterical, which how can you not be, yeah. right? And my dad has like an office in the house, which is predominantly used to watch, like to do Pilates and watch golf. There you go. Yeah. He's a big golfer. That's work. Yeah. So my mom's hysterical. She goes downstairs to the office and, you know, my dad's there. He sees her. She's like sobbing. So she tells my dad the story and then she looks at the TV and my dad's watching a golf tournament and the guy who is playing, his last name is Cabrera Bello which is my grandfather's, not just his last name, like his hyphenated, like his mother's last name and like his father's last name. That's super fucking specific. That's weird. The Um, coincidence of that seems very small and unlikely. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. To have not just one last name, but both of his last names. And in that moment that she has this dream, she goes downstairs, she tells my dad, she looks at the TV and the golfer playing just happens to have both of my grandfather's last names. Oh, that's so eerie. What was your mom's reaction to this? She's like, that's him. There you go. And right. like, that's, yeah. if the, if the this was dream message, wasn't yeah. enough, he gave another sign of like, bitch, I'm here. Hi. Hi. Hello. I'm yeah. fine. That's his, his, my grandfather's whole thing. Talk to is, my wife. Thank he you. just keeps being like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. That's I'm nice. Fine. I Relax. Like I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. You're not alone. I'm fine. I'm here. I'm fine. I like that. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. It's not spooky. I mean, no, at least no. I don't find it to be spooky. No, honestly. I don't think you should. I think you should find it comforting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, a friend of mine said a thing of like, because uh, allegedly to, to materialize or to even move something from like one, from like the spirit world to the... One plane to another. One whatever, plane yeah. to another takes an extraordinary amount of energy. Yes. And, you know, it never occurred to me until a friend of mine was like, how much love does a person have to have for you? That's a very good point. To be constantly showing up. Yes. And doing things to be like, I'm here. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. That's very true. Yeah. That's very sweet. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, thank you for all the personal stories. Hey. Sure. So it's like a little yeah, I mean, extra for you, a little bonus. Well, hey. Yeah, right? Thanks. Hey. You never know what you're going to get in an episode, honestly. <laughs> we don't even know what the fuck we're talking about in episodes. <laughs> Realistically. We don't. We don't plan anything. Like, everything is fucking off the cuff. It's the story. Just nonsense. But that's it. Everything else. Yeah, everything else is not planned <laughs> any way shape or form and then when we re-listen to it i'm like oh shit 
Oh my god. I don't remember talking about that. I have so many moments like that where I'm just like, I did not remember you saying that at all. And I will literally like laugh out loud again at yeah. shit you say. Good. I'm glad. It's my, my last story, maybe. Or I might talk about more, more bullshit about my life. <laughs> Who knows? We don't know. <laughs> we never know. Guys, we're not even drunk. I swear to God. I know. That's the- <laughs> we're just so happy to be here. And stories like this are like literally my favorite thing in the yes. whole fucking world. Like warms the cockles of my heart. Like I yes. love it so much. So we're just so giddy. That's what's happening. Yes. Hey, creepy cuties. So here's my story. Growing up, I lived in a small home. It was seven people in a three-bedroom house and one bathroom. Go on, y'all. No, that's the scary thing. <laughs> that's shit. it. Holy fuck. <laughs> that's the end of the story. <laughs> I have chills, Monique. I'm done. In the room that I slept in, we had a bunk bed that had a bed that slid underneath it. My brother slept on the top bunk, my sister slept on the bottom bunk, and I slept on the bed that rolled out from underneath the bottom bunk. Also known as a trundle. Is that what that's yes. called? From the bed. Oh shit! Yeah, my brother had one of those. There you go. They're very, they're very useful. Yeah, yeah. you know, a space saver. Yeah, little yeah. sleepover thing. It's yeah. Nice. yeah. Around the age of eight, I was starting to have strange dreams. I would start off with a weird feeling. Can't describe it, but I knew something was going to happen. Next thing I knew, I could see my body sleeping in bed below me. <gasps> no. I would see me sleeping in whatever position I was in that night. Then I would fly around to my neighborhood. What? Fuck yes. Right? Hell yes. That's fucking rad. I want this. <laughs> I want to go for just like a little fly around fucking Bay Ridge. That'd be awesome. Not too far away from my house, but I knew it was the neighborhood. I think it is important to mention that I would have an overwhelming feeling of freedom. No matter what the temperature was outside, I was never cold or hot. I felt so free and happy. I loved flying around and having that feeling of happiness, but it was never for a long time. I would get to a certain point, and then all of a sudden, I would immediately go back into my body. I don't remember getting into my body. I just remember I was free and outside, and then all of a sudden, I was bouncing on my bed. Yes. Every night when I would, quote, come back, I would bounce extremely high on my bed, almost like running into my body. Many times, I would bounce right off my bed and onto the floor. What? Girl. That's pretty fucking crazy. This is intense. Yeah. The flying didn't happen every night, but it would happen a lot. Sometimes I would get the feeling, and if I made myself aware that I was getting that feeling, then I wouldn't go flying that night. But on the nights I did, it was always the same. I would see my body sleeping down below. I would fly down the street where I lived. The feeling of happiness and freedom and then sudden bouncing of entering my body. One night, as I was flying down the street, I looked into my friend's house. He lived just down the street from me. I could see his parents watching TV. I could see what they were watching. I could see what they were wearing, their pajamas. The next morning, I was talking to my friend about what I saw through my quote-unquote dream. My friend's parents confirmed all that I saw. <gasps> Full body gels. Ugh. That's so creepy. That's so fucking crazy. Like what they're wearing and everything. That's so fucking specific. It was exactly what they were wearing and watching. Ugh. Full chills. Yes. They chalked it up to coincidence. Then I told my mom the same story, thinking that it was a funny tale. Her face turned white and very stoic. She very calmly said, quote, you're having an out-of-body experience, end quote. My mom is, very, is a very religious person and proceeded to tell me that my soul was leaving my body and it is not a good thing. 
being young, I got really nervous and asked her, then how do I stop it? Her solution was to pray that it would go away. It did stop. I think it stopped because of my fear of what was happening. I knew when that feeling would come up and I would stop it. But I will never forget how free and happy I felt when it did happen. I believe I was having an out-of-body experience. I, to this day, have never forgotten how free and happy I felt when I was out of my body. And because of this, I'm not afraid of death. I believe when that day comes, I will be free and happy and loving every moment of it. Thanks for keeping it creepy and cute, Deb. I love that, right? I'm so intrigued because like if her mom hadn't told her that it was a bad thing, like this could still be happening. Yes. And like, would she have control over this in a way because she had been doing it consciously and like lucidly for so long? Yeah. That is fascinating. Also, I'm intrigued that because she felt so calmed by it and yeah. so comfortable that to then be told it was a negative thing and have to like change your perception of it. That's what parents do though. Yeah. I mean, not, it doesn't sound like what Diana did. No. But it's a thing that happens a lot. It is a thing that happens a lot. Speaking of Diana, <gasps> that's where our next story comes from. Yes! Diana! Queen Diana, I'm so oh excited. Gosh. She's amazing. Oh my God. Our ultimate OG listener. So my mom messaged me to tell me this and said, when you were six years old and we lived in that house in the Redlands, a little boy named Jimmy Rice disappeared <gasps> on his way home Stop. from the bus stop after school. Do you know this? Because it, yeah. it takes place in Miami. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a fucking I, big deal. This was one of those like boogeyman stories that my mother drilled into me and my brothers about like this happened to Jimmy Rice and this could happen to you too. So I need to be as overprotective as possible. Yes. A hundred fucking percent. Yeah. This, if you grew up in Miami in like the you 80s, 90s, you knew about fucking Jimmy Rice. Yes. Yeah. This happened just a few blocks from where we live. <gasps> Get the fuck out. We lived, yeah. We lived in Kendall for a while, but then we moved to the Redlands after that, which is like south of Miami and it's kind of like an agricultural area. It's very like rural. I don't know it. So yes, right where we fucking live. Holy fuck. It was all over the news in Miami, and they looked for him for months before they found the guy who had taken him. His name was Juan Chavez, and he was a handyman who lived nearby. They finally caught him when his landlady found Jimmy's backpack and a gun in the house. He confessed to raping and killing Jimmy and told them where to find the body. I remember you were still in preschool, but I kept thinking the following year you would be in elementary school, and that could have been you on the school bus. Ugh. We were already thinking of moving out of Miami, but that kind of clinched it for me. I couldn't get out fast enough after that. Fuck. So I was not familiar with this because we moved like right, right after that. Yeah. And obviously, like I was young enough that my mom was still trying to kind of shield me from this at that time. But I looked up a little bit of the case afterwards. It's and so bad. It's so bad. First of all, it was literally 15 days before his 10th birthday oh that my he was God. kidnapped. He was dropped off at the bus. The guy like pulled the truck in front of him and forced him to get in the truck at gunpoint. Took Jimmy back to his trailer. When Jimmy heard a helicopter hovering above, he ran to the door to try to open it, oh. only to be shot in the back. <gasps> Chavez then decapitated, dismembered him, and hid the body in planters sealed with concrete. Yeah. He was sentenced to death and executed by lethal injection on February 12th, 2014. Couldn't have happened to a nicer fella. Fuck that fucking piece of shit. Yep. Jimmy's parents, Don and Claudine, started the Jimmy Rice Center for Victims of Predatory Abduction to teach children and parents how to prevent being a sexual predator's victim raise awareness of children who are missing, and provide bloodhounds to law enforcement agencies to assist in searches. 
The Rices also wrote the Jimmy Rice Involuntary Civil Commitment for Sexually Violent Predators Treatment and Care Act, commonly called the Jimmy Rice Act, mm -hmm. which was signed into Florida law in 1998. It allows the state of Florida, after an imprisoned sex offender serves his or her sentence, to file a request to keep the offender in what's called a civil commitment center until the offender isn't considered a threat to society. Rice's mother, Claudine, was also a founder of Team Hope, a group of parents of abducted children who support parents and families facing child abduction. Oh, that story was so... I It was... Because Adam Walsh happened not that long before Jimmy Rice. Yeah. That I remember my mother kind of conflated both stories. Like, she thought that John Walsh, who did uh, America's Most Wanted... Yes. ...was Jimmy Rice's dad. Or oh, something okay. like that. Or had, like... I guess she... So for a while, I, I didn't realize that those were two separate cases. Or, or maybe I just, my child brain, like, conflated both of them. But that was one of those things of, you don't let go of my hand in the mall. I have to see yes. you at all times because this happened to Jimmy Rice and it could fucking happen to you. And, I mean, is that the best way to raise kids? I don't know, but I never got abducted and neither did yeah. my brothers. It is smart to make them aware of the situation. Like you grow up as a kid thinking everyone's good and there's no evil in the world. And there yeah. is, you do have to look out for that. And just of all of it. And again, I, you know, I really didn't realize I clearly have a very visceral issue with someone's remains and what happens to them. Interesting. To have a body intact for a wake is like very important to me. I'm discovering doing this podcast. Yes. So when there's a situation dismemberment. of dismemberment and then putting the body parts in planters and covering them with concrete. Yeah. And yes, I know the person's already dead and they don't feel any of that. And everything that happened leading up to it was fucking horrific. But there's just something about that. Yes. That is so upsetting to me, and I don't know why. And maybe it's because in another life, like, someone did that shit to me, yeah, and that's why this is go. super triggering for me. But it's a thing that's so upsetting to me. Like, that's almost the worst detail for me, which is crazy, because what he did to this poor boy, yeah, everything he did is monstrous and horrific. It is upsetting, though. I feel because it takes a sort of apathy to do it. Yes. Like, someone who is... Especially, like, if you've had, like, a crime of passion or something. Sure. I feel like, okay. In like, the moment, Yes, fuck. yes. But You're like, running away, fuck. To systematically do this after the fact and know you have to do it is just so fucking And cutting awful. up a body is, is a lot. It's a lot of fucking work. It takes a lot of time. It's really difficult. It's not like a, hmm, well, that was done. It's yeah. It's not just a dump it in the water thing. Right. Like, it's fucking... So you're committing to doing that. I get why it's hours. So Yeah. Like, I just think it's it's another level of monster that I it can't is. comprehend. Robert Durst. Girl, you took it out of my fucking mouth. <laughs> okay, yep. Yeah. Out of my mouth. Yes. Immediately what I thought of. If okay. you haven't seen the jinx on HBO, get an account right now. What are you doing with your life? Literally stop everything. I have recommended this to so many people. Like, it's incredible. The year it came out, I wouldn't shut up about it. Like literally every single person you met, I was like, hi, my name's Amy. Have you watched the jinx? Like, by the way, I'm just checking. I posted a thing on Instagram recently that it's a cat with like a towel, almost like when you put your hair the, like, in a towel. Turban, the little turban. Yeah. towel. And it says something to the effect of, when you were supposed to be meet your friends somewhere 10 minutes ago, but you just started like the next episode of the okay, documentary yeah. <laughs> and, and you on text them on my way. <laughs> that was literally me during the jinx. I oh, remember yes. being at some God awful show. It was a matinee 
that, but it was like, I knew the dude who was in it. And that's the thing you have to fucking do. You know, someone who's in a show. Yeah. Especially if you worked with them before. It's just a good look to go and support their show. And it was fucking terrible. It was terrible. And I remember sitting in the audience thinking, I could have watched two fucking episodes of The Chinks. <laughs> Waste my fucking time. I'm fucking here instead. Oh, this I would feel like that too. Bullshit. No. Because I started watching it, I think right after the series ended. So I could Me binge too. all of it. Yes. And it was one of those things that like, obviously you found out how big a fucking deal the documentary was like after the fucking season finale so yeah because spoiler the documentary is the reason he finally got caught yes which if you needed a fucking reason to watch it like this is the true crime documentary that all true crime documentaries want to be like, exactly this is the fucking fuck the staircase oh my god don't fuck even the staircase i watched the jinx. 10 out of 12 episodes of that fucking documentary and i could not make it through to you the tapped end. out i was like i got the gist of it i'm good you did your time i tried really hard monique <sighs> i don't care Right? Like, I don't care about any of it. Same. I watched six episodes, then abandoned it, forgot all those episodes, rewatched those six episodes, plus fucking four more, and was still like, no. Because of the podcast that you started watching? Yes. (laughs) You're like, I need to be informed. I'm like, girl. I was like, I have to do. I was like, I have to do all of my required reading and all of my required watching before we start the podcast. So I like she... had a documentary binge where I was like, I gotta get, I did Abducted in Plain Sight, which I hadn't seen before. Amy went full hog. Oh, I fucking did. Into, when I was like, hey, you want to do a true crime paranormal comedy podcast? She watched every fucking thing. She was, oh, yeah. She was here for real, real, not for play, play. No, I fucking dove in head first, like no hesitation. And that's why we're here and I'm obsessed with you. Yes. Obsessed with you. We fucking say this all the time, but it's amazing. Yeah. Dream team. Dream team. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Thank you so fucking much for this episode. I mean, I love all of it, but the listener stories just really hit me away. Yes. I mean, we've been giddy. Oh, I love Giddy as schoolgirls. We really are. Like, my cheeks actually kind of hurt from, like, smiling and laughing so much. I'm not going to lie. Literally same. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted. You guys are incredible. Yes, fuck. And keep it going. We're going to keep having listener episodes, so, like... Keep sending them whenever you want. medical examiner, girl, yeah, you have yourself. been warned. Fair warning. We're going to become best friends, <laughs> and you're going to be on the podcast on the regular telling us all your cool shit. Yes. Thank you so much for submitting. Keep them coming. We need that alien story for Amy. I know. We need it. Again. Hook a bitty up. Yes. Again, there can never be too many. I'm never going to be like, I'm good. I've like heard enough alien stories no. today. I'm tapped out. No. We want all the alien stories. We want ghost. all the ghost stories. Cryptids. Cryptids. Medical examiner. Weird shit. Fucking murder shit. True crime shit. Spooky shit. Weird shit. We want all of your shit. All the shit. Put it in a bag. Don't light it on fire. <laughs> Please don't. And no. don't leave it on our doorstep. <laughs> You want all your stories. They're amazing. Thank you so much. Again, you can send your stories to another fucking horror podcast at gmail.com with a period instead of a you and fucking. Please follow us on Instagram at another fucking horror podcast. You can find me at pin up girl mo. You can find me at lobotomy and that's lobot period amy. Please tell your friends about us. And yes, yes tell your friends, get the word out. And please rate, review, and subscribe because it really helps us get our visibility out there. And if we get our visibility out there, then we get advertisers and then we get paid and then we can bring you way more content that you love. Thank you guys so much. And remember to keep it cute. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.